Queen's Park to Park Royal now. Park Royal, so you're literally around the corner then from us. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you could have just came in, you know, you lazy bugger. Anyway, I appreciate your time. Uh, so, no so what, what big tent are you working on right now? Barclays Homes, actually. Okay, nice. Yeah. How big so, is it? Um, well, the first part is well, 420 items. So lovely. But there's but that's one of a couple of phases. So we reckon it's probably worth worth probably probably worth one and a half million, maybe if we get it. Over, wow. over a couple of years yeah so it's really exciting but i don't know if we'll get it i mean it's a big big company and we're a tiny player so <laughs> we'll see i mean you know if you if you i guess they're looking at quality and price at the same time right yep yep and supply only so we oh, is it do- okay oh wow that's yeah. like ideal for you it is yeah how good is that in one arm out the other yeah, yeah, that's that's amazing. Like a third third party kind of thing. Yeah, no, it's it's brilliant. I mean, I I really hope that you win that contract because uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I hope we get it too, but I'm not yeah. sure. Sure, I think. I know exactly how you feel when we get like to a big tender. You know, we have a big tender now in uh, South South London. It's like two three million pounds. So when, oh. when when you get to that, you, you're like you know you're all itching and like sort of you know you you think uh, you know what what can I do to win the project? And obviously it's not. There's basically nothing you can do. You can just do the best price you can, um, you know, make sure that you've included everything and then sort of, you know, fire it away and then just wait for the results. There's mm. literally nothing you can do, right? Exactly. Just keep keep going. Um, uh, Sam, so in terms of the podcast, so normally what we do is uh, I introduce yourself and, and talk about, uh, uh, you know, obviously say who I am and blah, blah, but we've done so many now, so I don't think... Uh, people who are watching uh, or who will be watching, they really need to to know that. But so we can we can just jump right in. Obviously, we had a conversation already. That's all been recorded, so we'll we'll edit and whatever. But um, we we'll, let, let's start sort of from beginning a little bit, and then we just go back to all all these conversations because obviously it's very it's very, it's very it's very interesting to talk to you in general. Um, so obviously your your company is uh, Sash.com, and um, so. Sam Mitchell, <laughs> Sam Mitchell. I'm, I'm going to present you like that, Sam Mitchell. So if you can just uh, tell the audience, uh, you know, what you're all about, what, what your company does and what the business is about. Yeah, uh, so we were, I guess, the very end, the very start, a bit of a dot-com. Um, we wanted to to sell, to to trade, to small build, um, to home build, those types of things. We very quickly realized that that's a very difficult marketplace. Mm. And um, we pivoted the, in the very early days to supply and installation. So manufacturing and installation of, of timber windows and doors to the residential marketplace. So it's all business to, business to consumer type transactions. We do a little bit of B2B now, um, but very small. So we're, we're focused on high-end residential type projects. Um, Typically, our main products would be sliding sash windows, I guess. It's less and less about sliding sash windows these days and more about um, doors, mm-hmm. by doors um, and casement windows, casement windows. So we're kind of moving out west a bit more. Uh, the London market's a very hard place to play in these days. There's a lots, of, there's lots of small players that just undercut us in price. Mm. 
So, um, so that's what we do, I guess. Um, it's a 60,000 foot overview of Sashed. Um, we're a fairly small company. Um, there's 14 people now. Um, we've got another couple starting next week. Um, but, you know, we're just organic, small, growing company is, you know, independent, no, no, no big debt behind it. And it's mm -hmm. going well so far. Okay. And I believe you have a business partner as well. Correct. Yeah, Chris. So you've met Chris. Probably yes, I have. How's he doing, by the way? This is good. Yeah. Um, he's been homeworking like everybody else for a long time. So I haven't seen Chris face to face now for about a year. Really? Wow. Yeah, nearly a it's year. Time. Yeah. So does he does he manage to get all his responsibility uh, responsibilities done and all the rest of it? So is is he just having a a year off? Yeah, no, we hired a bookkeeper now, so um, Chris is less involved in bits and pieces. Well, he's going to be less involved in bits and pieces than he was before. Um, but Chris has got his own day job for his, uh, for his own employer, so you know, he's pretty busy with that. Um, and then, you know, he kind of does all the other bits and pieces in the evenings and weekends. So he's busy all the time. And I think he gets, it's got to the point now where we're, we're, there's too many transactions being generated for him. You know, it's, yeah. Really does that does that affect the, the business at all? That Chris isn't as much around as he used to be? No, it doesn't really. Um, I mean, I miss I miss having him as available as I once did just to ask questions and to bounce ideas off him. Hmm. Um, but no, we've been, we've been okay. I mean, as it as it grows, as we've grown and got bigger, Chris has got less involved in the nitty gritty and the day to day detail, um, and so I think I miss I miss that element of it when we were really small and it was just a few of us. He understood the ins and outs of everything now. When I'm trying to explain bits and pieces to him or where we're at with this project, where we're at with this deal or this customer, um, it can get a bit lost sometimes. Um, just because of just the nature of you know being remote and being less involved in it, I, I miss that. But there's nothing you can, there's nothing we can do, you know. Yeah. No, yeah, he he seemed to be like a genuinely nice guy, and uh, you know, it, he was uh, interesting to be around, and uh, I'm sure you miss him in that sense. Yeah. Uh, he's part of He's a fellow, actually, so he's very good with the figures, and you know, without yeah. him. I would I would be very lost. You know, he keeps an eye on the bottom line for us. He's an accountant, right? Yep, by trade. Yeah, so <laughs> that's the that's the right people to to go uh, to business with uh, at least initially, um, yeah. uh, just simply because uh, funny enough, when when I came to London, like back in two thousand and six, I think, um, I was renting a room with uh, from from a guy, and then this guy uh, happened to be an accountant. So when mm -hmm. I opened up my company, he helped me like so much. You know, he explained everything. You know. Uh, directing me, you know, go read this and go read that, understand this, you know, how the tax works, how the, because like even now, um, so, sort of, you know, so many years later, when we sort of work with other trades and, and subcontractors and everything, you know, some of them, they, they've been in business like five, five years and they don't understand tax. They don't understand yeah. CIS or VAT, right. how things work. And then you have to explain to them and then they, and then they say something stupid, like, well, I've been doing this for five years. Yeah. Great. You've been doing this wrong for five years. And no one told you it's like, it's, it's crazy. Don't, don't say that to HMRC. Uh, otherwise they're going to skin you, you know? And so it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. What, you know, how, how things are. Um, so uh, in terms of opening your business, obviously uh, you, you keep saying it's a small business. I don't believe it. it's small anymore. I think it was small a few years ago. I think it changed quite a lot. And 
from from my standpoint because obviously I was right at the beginning, so I remember how it was. I, th- I think it changed quite a lot. Obviously, everyone wants much bigger progress and much bigger turnovers and profit margin and all the rest of it. But I think you, you've you've done quite well for yourself, and it's just a matter of time until you know you you hit big numbers and go mainstream. Yeah, uh, the plan is to to do that. Um, we've heard there's been a few talks with some, to take on investment this year. Mm-hmm. It's been put on hold because of the whole pandemic, because you know figures are up and down like this, right? So very hard to keep our, our cost base on under control. Although you know, since all the lockdowns have ended, much like you guys in, in, the, in the construction industry, it's booming, right? So mm-hmm. we're we're actually, you know, it sounds a bit, it sounds a bit Irishy to say this, but we're able to pick and choose what we, we go after and what we take on at the minute, um, just because there's, there's so much out there. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, we haven't got capacity for all the stuff that comes through the door. We, have, we, we, we really do run a hundred percent order book all the time. Um, amazing. Yeah, and we could, you know, what we could, we could easily tomorrow if we had the the resource, the the, the installers and probably train and all that kind of stuff and all the stuff and all the other back office people in place that we need, we could double or triple that. Um, there's that much activity in the marketplace. It's it's incredible. And but also, you, things like the Brexit uncertainty has gone away as well. You know, that's really helped mm-hmm. um, in general people's buying decisions that, that hindered them for a long time. Um, I think everybody just got fed up then and just got on with it. Definitely. How did that affect you, you as a business? Because obviously, your products are made abroad mm-hmm. still, correct? Yeah, exactly. Everything's, so, like, everything's made in Poland. Yeah. So, what happened with the exchange rate and stuff? Did, did it affect you in any way? Well, yeah, initially, whenever the Brexit situation happened or this pound drop, that, you know, that did hurt us a lot. Um, and we sucked that up, you know, for the first year because we were trying to build a business. We just, we just took, we took, we just, we took it, you know, we, instead of putting our percentages, uh, our margins up in percentages, we, we, we decided we would take our percentages down to keep our client value the same, which is you know, not the way you run a business. Well, it's what we had to do to kind of you know, slowly creep things back up again. And that worked, I guess. And then it got to the point maybe a year ago where we were sitting and looking at figures and thinking, wow, this is just not working anymore. We've got to start putting our prices up because we're, you know, we're not covering the costs and, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not making a profit. Everything we, we do is we reinvest back into the business. Hmm. Um, so kind of stop that and, and then put the margins up a little bit um and now they're you know at a comfortable level where we can see you know the, a, good, a good future um they're not great but they're okay mm. um but the brexit situation created all kinds of uh, you know dips in, in with the currency it's kind of stabilized off now um, and sterling's riding really high so it's working well for us at the minute Mm-hmm. And we hope that it keeps to, you know keeps high. I think the vaccine program is keeping starting rate quite high, which is good. Yeah. And what about the COVID? Did that, that sort of you know it was kind of like one after another, wasn't it? It was it was Brexit in October, and then there was COVID in March. It's like what the hell's going on, right? Yeah, we just seemed to, as a nation go from one crisis to the next. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. The funniest um, part is that where 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 did they so before all these crises, they're like, oh, we have no money, the budget is always stretched, whatever. Now, like billions here, billions there for this, for that, for for whatever. As as long as, you know, we we can get out and get the economy rolling. Yeah. So it's just like, where did you get the money from? <laughs> Magic money tree. 
Mm. Yeah. Um, so I forget the question. What was your question again? Um, what uh, the the COVID situation? How how did oh, that impact you? Yeah. Um, well, we initially we did we did the first lockdown. We shut everything down. Um, I think everybody did, even though we were officially allowed to work in construction mm. and manufacturing. We're disposable. Uh, yeah, we are. Disposable. <laughs> Uh, uh, so we shut it down and furloughed everybody. You know, all our people are PAYE, so right. you know, subcontractors guarantees good quality of of labor and you know loyalty. So furloughed everybody. Everybody took. I had my first holiday for four years, which was great. Yeah. I, loved, I had a great time. What did you do? <laughs> I um just lay around and sun myself and I did bits and pieces of the house. It was great. It's good. It made me realize the value of actually taking a break and taking a holiday. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you just don't, right? You just keep working. You keep working. There's always something. And, and yeah. I, I don't know about you, but I very rarely take time off. I struggle yes. to get time off. Yeah, same thing here, mate. Yeah. And it's so funny that you, you mentioned that because uh, when the lockdown hit, um, it was actually beneficial for me as well because like you said you know you're always busy always doing something you have literally you know you don't you don't really take time to sort of stop and think you yeah. think you're doing all the correct things and then planning and moving ahead and like running after that next client or whatever but actually yeah. um sometimes and and this was that case it was much more beneficial for me just to stop slow down sit down think about things just switch off the email phone whatever and uh it made such a big difference. So, like when the when the COVID nineteen sort of passed the first time, anyway, and we started going back to work and doing all the rest of it, I sort of I had like a different mindset, and I was I was okay with certain things, and I knew, and and I wasn't worried anymore like about anything, because I was like, well, you know, we know that this works, so we just need to keep at it until people decide to sort of. Um, spend money again kind of thing because obviously we, we we had i think six contracts lined up in march and all of them got cancelled or postponed mm-hmm. um and then in june in june i think we thought oh well okay well these guys are going to stop uh start coming coming back to us and they they didn't so we we start sort of chasing them up as like what's going on they're like no 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 like, the situation is so bad and so unclear that we're not going to spend our money so the months where you're supposed to have the biggest season, so obviously June, July, and August fast is completely nuts. So like we literally have uh, haven't got a minute to spare. All of a sudden, we just had our ongoing jobs from before March, so we had six jobs on the go, and that's it. We didn't have anything else until I believe September. So in right. September, we started having like new contracts. So obviously, thankfully, our contracts are you know huge contracts, so huge. It's like hundreds of thousands of pounds. So. Um, you know, it was it was it was fine. I, th- I think in March we had 1.7 million still on the go in terms of work. So obviously that took us to to September pretty easily. But we we did we we couldn't sign anything at all. People were just completely like freaked out. Right. Wow. Yeah. Well, we yeah everything stopped for us completely. I thought it was the end. Really, I thought we were going to struggle with this getting things back up and running. Um, but we went back to work in June. Well, when when it stopped, you know. I was watching competitors and other people I know in sort of similar, similar vertical industries, you know, selling shutters and things like that, all sort of stopping their, their Google PPC spend, stopping everything, just thinking, right, that's it, we'll just stop everything while this lockdown happened. Mm. It's totally the wrong thing to do. I mean, mm. the right thing to do is to spend more, which is what we did. So 
when um, when everybody else shut down their spend, I increased the spend, and I kept our market voice high. And we did more social media activity, and you know we kept kept pumping the message out there. Um, so when we went back in June, we were like like this, you know, going down, and then June just started going like that, I and mean, it was nuts. It was crazy. And I thought, right, Fantastic. well. Let's take the the bounce back loan. So we took that, you know, um, and let's start let's start spending. Um, so we built a showroom, and then we tripled our Google PPC spend. We just threw everything at it, and and then all of a sudden, then it got overwhelming. So we couldn't manage the number of leads they were getting in. We couldn't manage the number of phone calls. Everybody was stressed because nobody could focus on the right way, you know, nobody, and nobody could focus on one thing because there was just so much activity. Um, and you, you know, you can't just throw people out. You have to get the right people in and train them. So we've been doing that this year. Um, we've you know, three in the sales team now. And I do a bit of sales as well. And that's kind of starting to pay off now. They're more independent, which means that I am spending less time stressing and less time running around London in the car and more time thinking about other things and working on, you know, going into the new build market. Mm-hmm. Uh, so COVID has been terrible and also brilliant because everybody else is stuck at home and what they want to do now while they're working at home is improve their home. So new windows, new acoustic glass, all this type of stuff. It's been an incredible amount of activity since we've come back. Okay. Well, I mean, it's it's sort of proof of concept then. So, like, the money they invested back in, what, June or, or during the pandemic, well, March, April, May, and June. So, obviously, you know that that works. So, like, you just need to get prepared, like, you know, have enough staff and then do the same thing. And then when it, when it will explode again, you'll be ready for it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're pretty well set up now. We just need to do – there's a lot of marketing stuff you need to go back and look at the website and messaging is already out of date so that annoys me constantly i can't keep looking at the website and with one eye you know it's always changed and updated so that's the next big big piece of work i think it's um, your critical eye i think your your website's really nice especially compared to other competitors yeah i don't know i think it needs i think it's getting out of date now but. It's a bit a, a bit of a perfectionist are we yeah, perhaps, yeah. <laughs> i saw your house so i know you're a perfectionist yeah, that one's sold now. I'm, I'm, I, I, I actually wanted to ask you that. Yeah, because I remember you said that you wanted to sell it. I did. I sold it in the end off. I didn't get what I wanted for it, but, you know, I'm happy enough. How um, far off were you from what you wanted? Uh, a couple of hundred thousand. Really? Oh, bloody <laughs> yeah, hell. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, but the market, it, it was really high when I just finished it for Brexit and then Brexit, you know, so. Yeah. Where it actually ended up was probably its market's worth, but the market was so inflated before Brexit, it was probably not realistic anyway. So where did you move now? Did you buy another house? Around the corner. Oh, really? So yeah. what, you want to do the same thing over, uh, all over again? No, no actually, I had, I had downsized a lot because I didn't want a big mortgage. I wanted to kind of get rid of that and focus on work. Um, so I downsized. Um, and just bought something smaller and sort of sat in my hands for a while. But I want to, I want to try and sell that this this year, move further out of the city, and get out of, get out of London. I'm just a bit too old for it now. Hmm. Grandpa. Mm. Yeah. Well, mm. <laughs> You're not even forty. No, I'm forty in, two, in a year's time. Yeah. But no, but all my mates have left. You know, all my all my friends have got have had kids and 
and they've left and gone to the suburbs of the country and yeah. you know kicking around Queen's Park at 39. <laughs> you know, I'd rather get a bit of space and move move out. Yeah. Yeah, don't, don't, I guess the only the only issue will be traveling then to to the office and back. So it'll be uh, an hour one way or or thereabout. Yeah, that figure the right place somewhere up the A40. Yeah, but we had um, yeah just going back to COVID then we had everybody back and then we had a COVID outbreak at work, which was oh really oh it was traumatic it really was looking back on it now um, when did that happen that was in January. January, yeah. So we had we had um, four people, but four key people out. Um, wow. So you know we're, we're like running at one hundred percent capacity all the time. So four people out was really, really hard. But customers were good. I mean, they understood there was nothing we could do about it. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it ripped it ripped through the business. Just so infectious and so dangerous, and, and made people really, really, really very ill. Yeah, how how long how long they were absent? So um, one guy was out for three weeks nearly, and uh, the rest then were all out for two weeks. So were they all okay when they came back? Did they feel sort of side no, effects or whatever? I was not like one guy was quite quite out of breath all the time. Within a week or two, it started you know improving. Hmm. But yeah, we were, I was really worried about long COVID. You know, being being an issue, being a factor, but it, it touch got you know touch wood, it hasn't. Everybody's coming back to fighting fit now, full yeah. of antibodies, and the rest of us, um, you know, so not all of us, but most of us are vaccinated now. Yeah, well, they they promised to vaccinate everyone by June, I believe. By June, yeah, something along that. The, the the main thing is uh, the the variants. Hopefully, the variants are not going to screw up the whole plan. Where you know, one variant comes and then the the vaccine isn't going to work for it and then we'll be you know day one again groundhog yeah. day well hopefully hopefully not and if it does then i think we have <laughs> natural selection and just let people die i don't know <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i know it, it it can get a bit um you know frustrating and but listen obviously business is not easy and uh you know you you and me we can't really complain can we because no. our industry is at least still going imagine if you'd be in the restaurant business right now well that's it you know I, whenever people ask me how the business i always kind of go like it's really good three one eye everybody else is suffering yeah and I, I feel i feel horrible for for you know all those other industries and thinking my god imagine if i decided to open a pub <laughs> um but yeah it, it is hard it is a hard time out there for, mm. for all industries yeah. It's funny though how these these crises happen, and you know I don't know about you, but at the start of it, did you think we, we were going to, you were going to end up better off at the end of it, or how, what was uh, your? Uh, well, well, when when the whole thing happened, mm. uh, well, I, I thought obviously it's going to be bad for everything. I thought it would be bad for the economy and and for us and for business and yeah. I thought, I mean, I kind of I, I didn't really worry that much. I, I just sort of I, I thought, well, let let just sit and wait kind of thing i don't really put too much into it uh and then when they start saying oh you have to be at home and then you only travel if you need to be i'd be like a bloody hell it's like some sort of you know third world war, world war or something you know like a situation 
but uh, um, because obviously the, uh, my so my office like five minutes away from my house and the whole you know, office block was completely empty so there was no one no one here so i was just coming to work every day anyway because there was you know it's construction so i was allowed and no, no one was here and i, I kind of like you know just pedal through it you know I, mm-hmm. I sort of concentrated my mind on on things that need to be done rather than watch watch news and you know listening to all that negative stuff and i was literally wasn't reading the news much at all because like i was reading it initially but i know how news are you know they just feed you shit and then sort of you know they make you feel bad as well and so i tried to avoid that and just concentrate on, on things that i can actually um yeah do and change and and nurture you know obviously the business you know the, the business needs nurture and that's why i tried to do so you know to to be to be honest i think uh, i didn't really think too much of it and then over time, I just I just got more and more bored of it. And then by the time it was I don't know September, I was like, yeah, whatever. Like people started talking, like uh, starting a conversation with me about COVID. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. I have to go. <laughs> I just don't want to even talk about that anymore. It's like old news. And uh, and uh, in terms of traffic, like March, April, May, it was just dead on the street. There was no one there. It was great. And it was that. like, yeah, it was great. And then just a few... park anywhere, new parking wardens. Like, just... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> could could park, park in front of Buckingham Palace. Uh, yeah, just like, oh, this yeah. is where I park. <laughs> and uh, I, I think uh, by by November, I think everyone got fed up because uh, it was still restrictions and all the rest of it, and you could just see people were out in the like in the street, out and about doing the thing. Traffic coming back today, the, the traffic like came back a hundred percent. So mm-hmm. I had to, I had to travel to Belgravia in the morning, so I, I left quarter quarter to eight i arrived just just like about nine o'clock so it's like a, an hour of 15 so it was really bad i wasn't planning to go there at all but I, I had to um and yeah got stuck in traffic going back it was fine but yeah so many cars like literally 100 percent full capacity sucked you know what about yeah. you how did you think what, what what were what were the thoughts in your mind when when the whole thing came and did you think that would be the end of the world or i don't know yeah i did i think i overreacted Initially, initially I did. I really thought this is, you know, this is it. This is, this is going to be not the end of the world, but I got a definitely a change in life and wealth and all kinds of plans would change. So I was worried about that, um, and I probably made some stupid decisions then. Like, um. I don't know. I um, let me think. I, I spent money on things that I that I thought would. If I give you an example. I put an extra squeeze an extra bedroom into my place, thinking this is more rentable because you know if I have to if I have to put this place up to rent, then I get more money that way, which was a total mistake, you know, because mm. things are okay, right? So you know, I ended up doing. A, I wouldn't say it's a bodge job there, but it's not, I'm not happy with it, you know. So things like that. Right, right, but nothing major by the sound of it. Nothing major, no. Listen, like in business, especially, like I, I like for example, I've bought, uh, I think it was six thousand in PPC Google, and I hired some guy. I remember I've talked talk to you about that yeah. before, and uh, I had a couple of guys, and one was American guy, one was in Europe, one was in the UK, and all of them just said, yeah, yeah, we can set up the campaign and do this and that and whatever, and then and this American idiot guy, sorry, I have to say that, but uh, he was testing with uh, so he was testing the pay-per-click with with words that had nothing to do with our business and, and he was like oh yeah i was just testing i said you just spent 600 dollars on testing 
So like, couldn't you test it with like pennies or dollars or I don't know something? Because I believe that you can you can test it with very small amounts, and if they work, then you put the amounts up, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So he was testing just like that. So he spent six hundred dollars, and then I told him he's like, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, I'll I'll just uh, I'll switch off. This is the best way how to test things. I was like, yeah, right. And then two days later, I still I saw he was still spending. He spent another four hundred dollars on on testing, uh, just words that had nothing to do with it. So I was like, okay, you full shit. Then I got some other guy. He was he was better, but still the 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 money that we were spending and the conversion rates were so small. Like for us, it's a lot. For me, it's a lot cheaper to just put you know uh, two more people in the office and then put them on a on a phone and on an email and just send gazillion emails and phone calls, and that would be more uh, financially viable for us. So it did. So I'm I'm glad that obviously it works for you and you managed to sort of do it in a way that it works, but. We get a lot of inquiries. Thankfully, nowadays we're obviously on social media, and uh, we have a podcast, and and we have uh, relationships. Obviously, been in business for a long time, so so everything helps. You know, we get tenders every single day from all kinds of people, and people who worked with us before, people saw us on a podcast, and, and um, uh, I keep saying that, but we we literally had a we had a um, a request from Canada. So there was a guy in Canada. So he, he he was watching our podcast and then he called his mom in UK and said, "Mom, you have to go with these guys because like, she was planning an extension of a refurbishment, whatever she was planning." And she literally called us and I, I was like really really hyped up about that. I was like, "Hey, we're international now!" <laughs> it's like, you know, <laughs> uh, and it's just it, it's, it's that's why I like about social media in general. You never know what's gonna sort of um, you come your know. way. Oh no, no, we've we've neglected it for a long time, um, but we we hired. Uh, a girl, uh, young lady, sorry, um, in October, she um, came from the estate agency world, you know, lost her job through the pandemic. Um, and we, we hired her to do sales administration. Hmm. So bringing all the leads, qualifying a little bit, getting them entered in the system, assign them out, um, bit, all of its pieces as well. And um, she started to do social media for she actually made a presentation and brought it down i was a bit blown away it was fantastic so she's been doing um a lot of our social media posts recently and it's it's getting some good traction you know mm. so it, 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 but it also makes me feel bad because i've been neglecting it for so long so i know the value of of uh, spending time on that and how that can you know help convert leads it's it's building a brand and the problem here is that you spend a lot of money but you don't get results like instant results you can like for example with google ppc you know you can spend two thousand pounds and you know you're gonna get you know x leads right and you can convert yeah. them and you can get sales or whatever social media it's nothing like that until you get to a certain level it's all sort of you know just sort of up in the air and kind of you, you might get something you might not exactly it's, it's air covers to keep your sort of marketing voice high isn't it yeah, and and obviously, you know, I'm sure if 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 you would like start some sort of podcast or, or any social campaigns, I'm sure most like for example in our trade, there's not many builders out there doing podcasts or any kind of social stuff, and mm -hmm. uh, I think we have the upper hand in that sense because people don't yeah. see the value in it, and and initially the first probably six, twelve, even eighteen months might not bring you much value, but you still you need to start the the pro because later. It will it'll, it'll, yeah. it'll give you quite a lot, and and um, there is there's a possibility of you know just literally literally leading the market just because you're out there and you, you're a brand rather than just another company. Yeah. Um. So anyway, that's that's my belief anyway. No, um, I, I think you're right there. I mean, it's it's a very interesting thing you're doing, and I'm uh, yeah quite impressed. Thanks, thanks, appreciate that. 
uh, going back to your products, um, so how how different are your products from from your competitors? So obviously, I I, I know firsthand that they're exceptional quality, and mm-hmm. um, and I know that when when they used to come in, uh, any any tiny little scratch or any imperfection, you'd be like, no, send them back. I want I want it perfect. So is is that still the same kind of? Still very much the ethos, yeah. We, you know, I probably shouldn't say this on a public podcast, but if, you know, if we have to lose money to make a customer happy. We will do that. We, mm. we have absolute commitment to being the best and delivering the best. Um, you know, sometimes, sometimes that's really hard. And then we're, um, you know, that we can see actually the customer really in the wrong. Um, mm. Sometimes we just end up being the nice guys and just taking it. Um, and I, I don't think that's sustainable forever, but now or we're building a brand like you are, um, and the brand is on reputation and quality, you know, so we're, we're very, very precious about our reputation. Um, and that comes into the, what we deliver and install and what we're, what we're producing as well. So the, the standard is very, very high for sure. It's good. And then obviously you, you provide still the, f- the full service. So, so whatever they need to do, in the house you'll remove you'll replace you'll do so if they have for example a window and they want a door so you'll do all the work associated with that yeah so exactly that's that's about as much as we would do in terms of moving from you know installation of windows and doors into general buildings but if somebody wants to take a sash window out and make it into a french door moving the bricks below and aprons below uh, we'll do that um you know, we've got multi-trades in the installations. One guy's a, a plaster by trade. So, you know, we can kind of turn our hands on most things there. Obviously, we just want to focus on windows and doors, but yeah. there's a bit more that needs to be done. We can't we can do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And in, in terms of um, payment plans, I think, so you have a thing of deposit, then you have another payment, and then add, obviously pay, payment on the end when com- the, the, the work is completely finished. So yeah. the, the question I have is what we come across quite a lot in our industry is uh, issues with final payments. Do you get much of those or you're golden? No, we do not. No, we've got, Wonderful. we've got a really great thing in our industry. It's called Benza. Um, <laughs> um, the FENSA scheme regulates the industry really well. Uh, it's it's not really a regulator. That's the wrong word to use it. And FENSA themselves, an organization, are terrible. They're a nightmare to deal with. I was about to say that, and then you were like, "Oh yeah, they're great." I was like, "Shit, <laughs> I don't well, know something." But the organization's terrible, and they're really losing ground to other other self certification schemes like CERTAS and, and stuff like that. Um, they are a terrible organization, but I digress. Um, the, the good thing about it is self-certification scheme, right? So building regs for windows and doors done by us. So if you were, if you were buying windows and doors from us as part of your building, uh, your build, you, you wouldn't need to cover the windows and doors. We would do that ourselves. You could if you wanted, but windows and doors, we would do it. We would certify them. Right. Um, that means that the scheme that you join up to do that with FENSA we use, there's other providers, like I said, they require you to have an insurance back guarantee and deposit protection. And uh, when we take a deposit, we have to independently insure that deposit and uh, covers the customer. So it should something happen. Because you know, traditionally windows and doors, right? You've got all these sort of plastic frame fitters up and down the country who, you know, for lack of better words, are cowboys. Um, hmm. they, you know, here today, gone tomorrow take deposits and they disappear so this was a way of protecting deposits 
and then obviously guarantees as well at the end of. So the nice thing about the scheme is that um, you don't get your offence certificate, your IWA, your sorry, your insurance back guarantee with us until your invoices are cleared. So it means that we always get our invoices cleared because mm -hmm. people want their final paperwork, they want their offence cert, they want their insurance back guarantee, they want all that stuff. So we, we don't struggle, but we never have to use that. Anyway, we generally find that most people just pay their invoices. You get the occasional one that says, oh, I forgot. You know, I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> All that, that kind of thing. Yeah, of course you didn't realize it was a big yeah. invoice to pay. But so, hypothetically, uh, hypothetically, if someone wouldn't care about fence or guarantees or whatever, could they Could they be difficult? Oops. You just flew away. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a first. Uh, can you hear me okay still? I can hear you, yeah. Yeah, so, so hypothetically, if someone wanted to be an ass, they, they could have, and then you're also, you would also, you would have to go for all the legal routes and all the rest of it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, we haven't had to do that, though, yet in five years, which is great. That's good. That's that's amazing. Yeah, because in, in our industry, it's it's literally, it's every, it's everywhere. I've got I've got colleagues and friends who own businesses and and there's it's just uh, left right and center unfortunately simply because um you know some customers they can um sort of have different opinions and they just believe their opinion is correct and they're not prepared to listen to anyone yeah. and then sort of then you need to get involved with the professionals and experts and then they come and they they give their opinion on the matter and then sometimes they listen sometimes they don't if they don't, then this that that like uh, it's like a witness statement that's being or witness report that's being presented in adjudication or arbitration or courts and stuff. But yeah, it's quite it's quite uh, popular in our industry not to pay uh, yeah. contractors. Well, my, my mom ran a huge fabrication company in Northern Ireland, so uh, government level schools, hospitals, that kind of stuff, like mm. an aluminium. So that's how windows came sort of into my background. I guess. Um, my mom and her husband, Paulman, and um, very successful business, and they they're constantly surprised that we don't have loads of debts. You know, they can't understand why because they did like you, you have that constantly people not paying. You're like, yeah. oh, I'm not paying. Yeah. But now we touch wood, not hand that so far. How how is how is your parents doing? Are they still doing the business? No, no, it's all finished now. My mom's retired and, and um, she's out of it now what four years five years maybe a bit longer so yeah what did they do to the business just just liquidated it sold, sold it okay wonderful that's, yeah, that's so a the they have they've, they've got that sold so it's still there still trading right they're not involved anymore so. that's that's the perfect end to a, a great business kind of thing yeah for I, them I it was kind of perfect it's a bit prickly because you know there was a lot of people it's a big firm big firm um, and you know the, the the majority shareholders and trying to share sell that and um, to the other people it wasn't easy. Um, but they yeah they got out and they're they're content. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, hopefully some some of the inheritance is going to brush on you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in terms of the property market, obviously, I, I don't know wh when you when you actually move, but how do you feel about the property market right now and and what they had the stamp duty and everything else? Did did you see any advantage in buying another property, like not 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 obviously paying the stamp duty and 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 whether the prices were, you know, did you follow the the property market at all? I used to follow it 
really carefully, you know, I'm just going to key in just and I, I don't too much so much anymore. I feel like I've got the time. Um, it's interesting. I mean, I, I don't know really where things are at. I, I, I'm going to try and sell myself in, in the summertime. So I'll know more then about what demand there is. Um, but I think demand for it in London is probably going to drop a little bit because mm. people, are, people are wanting to get out of the city a little bit more now. Yeah, and I, I guess you know, but yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, it, it's all about the, the the pricing of the properties, isn't it? Every, you know, there's there's plenty of people who wants to buy property. It's just no one wants to pay the price. It's yeah. always eight percent, eighty five percent of the market value, and then they're just like, you know, well, that that's all I'm offering. So I, mm-hmm. I think it's just a, a lot of people who just put like a hundred offers, and they're just waiting for that one to come back and say, yeah, okay. You know, you can buy my place for 80 percent, and then they they do whatever they do with it: develop it, convert it to flats, sell it, things like that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so obviously we've touched on that already, but uh, sales and marketing. So, so you said you have like three salespeople. You got that uh, young lady doing the marketing. Well, she we haven't got anybody doing marketing. We got yeah, the young lady who we've who is in sales, but have been serendipitously. Uh, very successful at doing social media stuff, but we haven't got anybody dedicated doing marketing for a while. We used to have Chris's wife, Amanda, your business partner, do it, um, but she's uh, she's been ill over the last couple of couple of years and hasn't been able to do it. So we have a a, a, a space at the minute we're trying to hire for, um, and I've been trying to hire that marketing person for a while. Um, so I don't know, um, struggling to find the right person, I guess, but we do need, we, I want somebody, you know, from, um, I've got a very definite picture of who I want, somebody who's worked for a, a premium brand, a big premium brand, um, you know, who may have stepped back to have kids and then wants to go back into work on, on a smaller a smaller brand, maybe, you know, part-time to full, towards full-time, but somebody who can take the brand and make it their own really, give it, give it their own sort of voice. Okay. Um, um, so that's who I'm looking for. Because, uh, and I'm naturally a marketeer. That's my background, I guess. Not, not my background, but part of my background. Um, but I just don't have any time to do it at all. Mm. Um, perhaps know, perhaps inquire with recruitment agencies? We have a recruiter working for us at the minute doing that. She's looking for that one person. Um, she's done, she does a really good job for us, actually. She's you know typical recruiter, like, pushy as hell and you know yeah. annoying but um, <laughs> that's what they're there to do so. yeah most of well most yeah probably i would say even most uh sort of they 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 want to talk to you they want to take notes of what you're actually looking for and then they send you completely opposite <laughs> it's like okay i want quantity surveyor with this and that and then they just send you like a project manager instead yeah it's, well actually the first recruitment company we got involved with when we started looking for somebody last year where it was just like that you know just Throwing loads of stuff at me, and I was doing interviews left and center, and it was exhausting. You know, I mean, some of these people, like, <clears throat> I just, you know, just lived on another planet. But anyway, um, we find this this recruiter. She's a sort of not the kind of recruiter you would find in the construction industry. She's sort of more tech and entrepreneurial recruiter, mm. uh, friend of a friend type thing. We've cracked a good deal with her, and she just brings us through quality, absolute quality all the time. Um, I'm yeah, constantly amazed. And what she does, which is really nice, 
is she makes um everybody she wants to present to us be a little video so they have to like present the names a couple of questions what you would know about me favorite color that type of stuff you know and cool. questions and that's recorded and then that's sent through to me along the cv and we watch that and you, you get a really good feeling from somebody for that that 10 minutes they do it rather than having to bring them in and you're in two minutes into the interview and you're like I know, Sam, I know exactly what you're talking about because I've done that um, for the last year and a half, I think. So I, I used to uh, put ads on uh, on Indeed. Oh, and, yeah. then, and normally there would be like, you know, hundreds of applicants, you know, for whatever the, 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 the job description was. And then obviously because there's so many people and then the CVs is, is loads of crap anyway, you know, they, you can put whatever you want on the CV. Uh, uh, and um, I was listening to a guy called his name's Gary V. He's an American marketeer, and uh, he said, uh, "Well, try when you're recruiting, try to." Oh, I actually was. So I think it was his employees that were sending him videos of potential candidates, and uh, it was literally a video, like a thirty-second video, two-minute video of people who want the job. And then essentially, he was saying, "Listen, if if you don't want to make a video, uh, you know, for two minutes or for half a minute or whatever, then you know you don't want the job that much." And then mm -hmm. sort of most of the people just go straight away. And, I, I, and I've been doing that on Indeed, uh, the same thing. And I was like, listen, can you make a video like 30 seconds just to okay. sort of, you know, present yourself, say who you are, what, what, what's your experience, what can you bring to the table? And then from there, we'll, we'll sort of, that would be your first interview. And then if we're like you, we'll, we'll get your second interview. If second interview is fine, then that's it. You're sort of more or less hired. And, and you wouldn't believe, I think there was like about 170 applicants and I think three of them made the video. So like literally not like no one essentially. Yeah. Yeah. You cut out the wood from the chaff through the way there. Yeah. And even those who who did the video, they they, they weren't a good suit, but at least they done it, you know. So that that was something. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean recruiting is always like that. Yeah. But, but we used to have literally like revolving door in our office, like people coming in and out, just like interviewing all the time and and unfortunately, with our, with our industry, you know, people can say all kinds of things. So uh, un and until they actually sit down behind the computer and start doing their thing, or project managers go to site and start doing their thing, you you have no idea. You know, people can say, yeah, he's great. They'll they'll have references and all the rest of it. But because people are so different, you know, sometimes you just can't work with a person. So if like, for example, if I'm a problem solver, and if someone isn't, then they're going to just like, you know, th they'll be just talking about the, the problem like for, for a week. You know, how about you don't, how, how about you stop talking about it and just find a solution and, and then sort of go past it, right? So I'm sure you're exactly the same. Yeah. And you know what? And I would say, even even people we do have in the business, sometimes we need to do it. And I'm guilty of it myself. We just need to stop talking about our problems and just fix them and deal with them and get on with it. Mm. Um, yeah. It's really hard to find people who can just do that um, but some people need to talk about it as well some people need to verbalize things to other people to be able to deal with the problem and move on to it hmm. yeah yeah um, I, I i agree you need to talk about it just to sort of get it out and sort of you know we, we have this problem whatever let's let's solve it but one thing is just talk about it to find a solution another thing is just talk about it because you have nothing else to talk about yeah you know or, or people with their sad lives and, and shit like that you know like they have problems like everyone has problems but it's just some people decide to talk about them others just decide to just keep keep that to themselves and, and concentrate on something positive and i think that's that's a much better way yeah. not, and it's not even from a selfish point of view i think it's just for for your mentality it's better just to fixate on something good even if you have 10 things that are bad and then you have one thing that's great just fixate on that that, that, that will do you good
Yeah, that's good advice. We, uh, I mean, we don't internally in, in the business, we don't have many people who bring problems in from home. Um, so it's not been an issue. It's just been, I think, for us, my frustration, I think, you know, we're a young company, right? My frustration is that we need to, when something goes wrong or something happens, we really take it to heart. It really affects us. It really, you know, it really, really makes us very unhappy when somebody's unhappy to the point where we can't sleep. And I'm, I'm talking about me, I'm talking about other people, other senior people in the company as well. Um, and I think that's a really bad habit that I've given other people. And I'm trying to try and knock back on that now. I'm trying to roll back and sort of say, right, you know, let's be level-headed about it. Um, because, you you know, you'd be surprised. People don't read. Pe people just do not read. They will sign purchase agreements, buy stuff. They don't realize what they've asked for. You know, they've picked up, um, they've copied and pasted something from Google. I need this because Google says I need to have a U-value of X, Y, Z in my glass. Right? Okay, great. That's, yeah, no problem. We'll do that for you. And then it's delivered. It's like, well, this isn't what I wanted. Mm -hmm. so, did you ask for this? This is what you wanted. You know, you signed a purchase agreement. We made it very clear. This was, no, no, this is not what I want. You know, and then, and that, that end up being, that ends up being, traumatic for us <laughs> it shouldn't be yeah. so i don't know so um, how do you deal with that then so how do you deal when people so is there is there any way you can you can sort of graphically show them what they're ordering so when they say oh i have oh, i want this you value bullshit then you're like okay well this is how uh, this is how this is exactly how it's going to look Are you happy with that yeah we, we do know we've got a lot better we've got better at spotting the signs right so there's certain types of personalities right. we, we know when they come along and we, we, we walk away from them, you know, sorry, we're not the company for you, which is not, because right, right. there's no company out there who will make you happy, Mr. Person. So that's that person on their left side. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's great that we're in a position where we can do that now. Once upon a time, we couldn't, and we went after everybody, and it was locked the world between. So we, we're good at that. And then there's other types of individuals where we can spot them and say, you're a nervous customer. We don't say that to your face, obviously, but you're <laughs> that would be funny if you would. You should come and see this in our showroom, or you should do this, or you know, make sure you do that, or look at it. You know, so we'll guide them the right way and make sure yeah. that we are happy yeah. uh, with what they have. Um, and then there's you know, there's other people who just don't just don't read. Just you know, I want this. This is what I want. And then no, I don't want this. You know, because whatever reason, but that's what they asked for. And they go back in their emails, oh yeah, I did, oh, I did ask for that, yeah. Oh, but still, I'm not happy with that. Um, so those people, we, we take a, a different approach to everybody. Some people we go, will go, okay, what can we do to fix this? What can we do to change it? Um, and other people will, you know, will come to an agreement and say, okay, well, here's what we, su here's what we suggest, um, is this okay for you? And generally we get there, you know, there isn't, there isn't really anybody we've had big arguments with. There's been a few difficult customers. You always get them, but there's no big, no big arguments. We've been mm. able to sell most stuff, you know. That's good. Yeah, in terms mm. of uh, what you said that you know people don't read what they sign. That's that's. Uh... That happens a lot, and uh, if if we have any any kind of sort of subcontractors that work for us, and then we we give them all the paperwork and drawings and contracts and all the rest of it, they literally don't read, and they don't read even to a point where they don't even know when they're gonna getting when they're getting their payments. Mm -hmm. so I had this guy, so they they work now they're, they're working now and then twenty two, um, and uh, 
literally sort of handed over everything, payment schedule, you know, all the contract documents. He, they signed them, everything. Yes, yeah, we've read everything. Everything's fine. Okay, great. Literally, first week on the job, he's like, oh, I need money. Like, I'm running out of money. I was like, what do you mean? It's like, payment plan shows this is what you're going to get when you finish this. So, oh, no, well, if you're going to be like this, then uh, this is the, you know, this is the first and last job we're doing for you. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, first of all, that's not even a threat. I don't, you know, that that's your choice, whatever you want to do. But like, you had all the documentation, you signed it. So what, you didn't even check it? It's like, oh, well, yeah, but, you know, I need this. I need to place order for this. And now we need to... Um, you know spend money i was like fine we'll just find money go to the bank you know get a little loan whatever this is this is this is the cost of running a business that's how you make money that's that's why you're not on 10 pounds an hour that that's you know you're earning much more and they don't really get that and then sort of they get all upset and whatever and they think that you know we screw them over somehow so yeah it's it's nonsense it's, it's just you know people don't take the uh, the count accountability you know it's 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 always someone else it's never them and then that's yeah. like the, the worst type of people yeah, exactly. And and the worst is when they know it's themselves and they still try and make Oof. out that it's not. Those are the know? best. The, yeah, those are the best, man. Like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've had some, some interesting characters over the years and just, yeah, some, some of the stories, you just, you're, you just your eyes roll, you go, oh, my God, it's this person for real, you know? People are really difficult. People are, like, I grew up in Northern Ireland, right? And, and, we got a guy, a couple, a couple of Kiwis here, and um, we often talk about how difficult people are in the southeast of England. Hmm. You know, there's a different mentality outside the southeast of England. People are much more agreeable, and you know, they're less, they're less, they're less defensive. But people in the southeast of England, you know, in, in London, they're, they're hard work. They're hard work. Hmm. Maybe we should move. Maybe we move to what's the second the second biggest city in in UK? Birmingham. Birmingham is it? Birmingham. Let's yeah. relocate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> About your showroom, you said you've built a showroom. Where, whereabouts is it based? In, in Park Royal. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. I want to. I want to have come have a look. It's, yeah, you should do actually. Yeah, it's a, we always call Bur uh, speaking of Birmingham Park Royal is the Birmingham of London. Is it? <laughs> How come? Why? It's just that, that sort of industrial starkness, isn't it? You know. Yes. Yeah. We're we're right in the heart of it as well, you know. So you're you're up next to Hangar Lane, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're down next to Asda. Okay, I know exactly where that is. Yeah, you have that West Bank there. Just just around there, yeah. Which is okay. yeah, a bit like Afghanistan at times. <laughs> really? Road, and then where the bombs have landed? Yeah, it's it's, it's Park Royals hard work as well but you benefit from from the rent from the premises there has to be some sort of uh, good and all that is there yeah we, we like where we're at you know it's close enough to tube stations and yeah around the corner but, used to be in paddington hard. right before yeah the very early days but that was just a sort of shared office space you know it was yeah. nothing, we were just using a shared office yeah so, so the the current showroom and where you at? So, what do you use? Like, obviously, it's an office, and is that is that some sort of like storage as well to like yeah, bring all got, your units and stuff? We've got a couple of units here now. So, one the main one is a showroom down. So it's not huge and small. We didn't really need a showroom until COVID happened. So right. we always put people on site, right? So yeah, now that's stopped. We needed to build something pretty fast. So, um, so it's got everything we needed. But it could be better. Um, 
And then we've got our office upstairs and then products and stuff like that are in the units next to us. Um, and we just keep expanding that you know, either side of us. It's great, it's a great little building we're in because it's um it's got all different units of different sizes, and we've got a really good relationship with the landlord. Right. Even though you're the, your typical landlord, you never fix anything and you know, never ends the phones. But when we need to when we need the extra space and stuff, we generally do really well moving things around and moving all over. They've got lots of like um Flexible tenants, so you know we we've got a long term lease, but there's lots of smaller units in this building. Yeah, and move them around and give us give us what we need. So it's work it's working well for us. Hmm. Sounds some some sounds like you all set up there pretty pretty well, and for 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 the next what couple of years? No, it's not not that we're uh, probably later this year we want to get get out of here and try and get on somewhere else, and but that'll take us another six months because. You know, moving right. offices is really hard work if you can't shut things down and yeah move offices overnight so um well, the plan is to find a bigger premises but a bigger bigger show and then we'll have more offices sort of try and find that q3 next this year and, and get into sort of middle of summer next year yeah what kind of yeah go on sorry we actually just nearly signed the lease before the covid shutdown oh, right. um, okay yeah and we were just about to sign it and i was like the hand was shaking thinking, yeah no 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 let's wait and see um and it was a brilliant place it was oh, what was it? it was it was huge i'm trying to remember it was maybe four thousand two hundred square foot um and it was an old prop storage place around the corner clutter prop i don't know if right. you ever drove past it and it was maybe i don't remember it was like Dragon's Den inside it, all the old red brick walls and you know polished concrete floors, and it was it was like the dream. Nice. Um, so we were going to take that up, and that was going to be where we moved to, but we lost it, and COVID came back. Whenever it came back together, somebody else took it. So we'll be here for a year. So fair enough. So in terms of the investment that you've mentioned, is that is that definitely something that you're looking you, you're looking for? So you're looking for an injection of cash into the business to grow faster and bigger um yes that was always the plan and still is the plan um but we're you know we're last year we, we were like desperate we weren't desperate we we really wanted to do that we wanted to get some money in um and go go at it in a big way uh, i'm i'm not so sure i want to do that now because I think I would rather get some good quality people trained up and having things self-sufficient before I go and take the investment on. Because if we took on investment now, I don't know how I would manage to to try and grow the company and manage manage the company at the same time. Because it's mm. still I'm still nuts and bolts in here. I'm still getting involved in every aspect of the business. Mm. So I think it might not be wise to do that yet. And I might wait a little bit longer and do it next year. Okay. What kind of investment you were looking for, if if that's not a secret? What kind of what what number you had in your mind? What would propel uh, you into the future? Half a million would make a big difference. Okay, so it's it's not like astronomical figures, right? No, no, not astronomical. How, how about half a million would 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 be nice? Would would be able to do what I want to do, and then see from there. And that and that would get you to where? What do you reckon to double or triple turnover? Um, well, more maybe, potentially, yeah. 
more about more about facilities. You know, we need we need a permanent place because we kind of, like I said, we're moving into all these units. We haven't really got a permanent place, you know. And we're constantly trying to move tables around to fit people in, and right. so yeah, it's about facilities, people, marketing, and then when we've got that right, then I want to go do another city, um, maybe Bath or Bristol or Brighton or something like that. We had kind of toyed with franchising, um, yeah, but. I'm really worried about that because you get the wrong, you know, the wrong crowd, and they'll just destroy your brand. Yeah, because you, you need a lot of like quality checks and and yeah. people literally just walking behind them and just making sure they do what they're supposed to be doing, right? Because yeah. obviously, the I mean, the units are going to be as good because they'll be the, from the same place. It's just the installation, I guess. That's it. Yeah. Or you could and potentially surveying is really, you know, it's very different in the timber world to to plastic and aluminium. Yeah, it's it's because timbers, it's all bespoke. It's not profile based stuff like aluminium or plastic. Hmm. The element of it's profile based, but you know you need to understand all kinds of different factors. So surveying is the trickiest part, actually. And uh, and I know why because uh, the the frames they can be the the like all frames are different with the old. Yeah. Sashes, so you can you can think, oh, okay, well, this is what I've measured like an hour ago, and it looks the same, and everything look like seems the same. But as soon as you take off the uh, the architraves and, and the rest of it, they can be like one one width inside, another width outside. Same thing with the height and everything. So it's just like, yeah, I mean, it's really difficult. Realistically, yeah. you need to measure when the windows are out, right? That would be the ideal. Ideal, yeah. I mean, we're majority of our stock is when the windows are in um, and we, we know our the property stock so well now so we, we get it right most of the time so but it'd be great if they were all out before <laughs> before we rocked up the measure yeah yeah do, do you get a lot of orders where it's like supply only obviously you, you 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 know you have that big contract now potentially but do you get like that kind of stuff on a regular we, basis yeah no well yes and no so we get a lot of supply only inquiries where we just throw them away because we don't want we don't want to deal with uh small contractors because they're not worth the hassle you know you'll get them one window two window type small contractors and they'll ring you up the next day and go this window doesn't have any weights in it well of course it doesn't have any weights in it if you put the weights in and deliver it to you with weight and it would be 160 kilo and you wouldn't move it you know how are you going to install that but like, oh okay. you know so so we just stop those types of 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 transactions yeah we still have a few you know supply only relationships with um plastic frame fitters who occasionally get the you know the old timber stuff and they, they work really well for us um we, we do supply only stuff to you know to people we know and trust right so if you came along and wanted supply only that would be something that we would entertain right but um an unknown entity absolutely no way um but with bigger stuff bigger organizations and more professional organizations absolutely yeah we, we, we do like it and um, but our our supply only marketplace is about 10 percent so it's small okay so so uh, franchising for supply only is probably out of the question then in another city yeah. that's yeah, not going to really work not going to work for us we, we well we got an idea about doing it for doors um doors are less door sets, so it's door frame, threshold locks, um, less problematic. And so we might do something like that, but for windows, no. So especially front doors, right? Because front doors are more or less kind of standard size, right? 
if it's a yeah, it's not as much of the size, but there's less going on, right? So you know, if you if you if you've got a casement window, timber casement window, there's transom heights, steps, styles, rails, glass steps, all those things vary wildly. Where you've got a front door, it opens in, it opens out, it's hinges on the left, hinges on the right, how many panels here, many panels there. There's more fixed designs. Yeah. So that's easier to franchise out than to try and train um, people who don't have an understanding of timber windows, how to survey and yeah. fit and timber windows. And in terms of buying like doors and windows and stuff like that, can you do that directly from your website? No. Because I remember you were toying with the idea to actually put that in place, right? Yeah, I built it and everything. I got, it's all there. It's just dormant, you know? Yeah. So you think it's is it too too difficult for people to use it? No, it's not that. It's the trades um, are not... T- timber sash windows is not something you can just pick up and do without any experience, right? Right. You know, if you wanted to go and you needed an aluminium or a plastic window, you just buy it. Set profile, profile 22. Everybody knows profile 22, right? Mm-hmm. So set standard of plastic windows. You you say you want a left opening sash, your right opening sash, you want white handles, you want white UPVC. There's three choices. Do you want your glass toppings or not? Yeah. Timber flash windows is completely different. There can be 20 different types of horns. There's different steps of styles and meeting rails, all the different types of timbers. Then there's different balancing systems and, and how to put the weights in and all those sort of so there's a lot going on and we find that the those one two window type deals those people who look for that they haven't got a clue what they're doing and there's just too much work to service them it was just it wasn't a business you know the margins were smaller but the work and the effort involved and and working with them was was huge so i just sunsetted it just said no it's it's kind of like our business the, the smaller the client the more hassle there is and the less money there is so literally like if, if it's anything like 50 to 100 thousand pounds these are the people who uh demand the most expect the most pay the the smallest and and bitch about every price uh that, that you sort of present so we we, we always try to we're obviously you know we we'll always try to choose our customers that you know people that we can get on with and and because obviously our projects are anywhere between like 20 to 52 weeks and even longer you know we need to get we get we need to get along we can't be like completely different sort of you know mentalities and then hope to sort of uh, get 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 so or, or be agreeable and 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 as you know the the longer the well the, the longer the job the 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 more likely it is that you're going to have some sort of disputes and you just need to be in the position where okay well you're both reasonable and you can listen to each other and sort of you know okay well let's let's find a compromise let's not bite our heads off completely and then just like go go you know on a on a tangent so yeah it, you're, you're right i mean the, the smaller the smaller the deal sometimes the the worse it is um but it depends we've got a sweet spot i guess i think for us we tend to do really well at stuff that we can do in, in a week. So if it's a, a one week install, that's usually small, small flat, medium sized flat, small house. Um, that works really well for us. We can be in, we can be out. Um, customers really happy. We've got very little remedials to do. Um, and, and we're good and we're done. And when it gets beyond that and gets, you know, sort of 
two week or more jobs, you're, there's always remedial. There's, there's just it's just a mm -hmm. niche that you've got to go back because something's been missed or you know there's I don't know there's always yeah. something to go back to and those are annoying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bloody are. Yeah, yeah, those are really annoying and costly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, what is the best uh, way for people to to get in touch with you and inquire about your products? Probably through our website. Um, just put an inquiry through that, or, or pick up the phone. I guess we've got you know Joel who who handles most of the phone calls. Um, he loves to talk a bit too much sometimes, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, he's going to see this. He's be like, Sam, what did you say about me? Yeah, he's 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 going to be bouncing down those stairs any minute because he's waiting to, he's waiting to speak to me about uh, some discounts he wants to give. But yeah, website is probably the best. Okay, and that, is that co so sash.com or is it sash.com? Okay, www.sash.com. That's it, yeah. Okay, perfect. And obviously you have all the, the phone numbers, the emails, and, and the rest of it, yeah? Yep, everything's there. Okay, perfect. All right, Sam, listen, thanks very much for your time. Uh, I'm definitely going to pop in one day to check out your show showroom because I'm, I'm really interested to see what you've built there. I love, yeah, I love your products and, and it's great quality and uh, we've been fitting them for about six months before. So I know, I know exactly how they are. Yeah. So they're amazing. So uh, anyway, I just want to wish you a, a great year. Hopefully everything's going to go your way. Uh, yeah. You know, get that investment and, uh, you know, just uh, hit, hit the, the, the whole country, go, go, go national and, you know, go to Birmingham or something. Yeah, go to Birmingham. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> Cheers, Sam. Thanks very much. Okay, Cheers, Sam.